0: Welcome to the show where three friends rate, debate, and investigate the films you'll love to see and hate to see. This is You'll Love to See It. And welcome back to another episode of You Love to See It. Season three. Even season three. three, Caleb.
1: Season three is normally where shows start to pick up steam.
0: I they really do, or they fall flat by now. So let, let's it's not let it fall flat.
1: The leftovers, but also <laughs> one of the best.
2: It's it's top three for
0: sure. What, what season did the Game of Thrones start going bad? Was that eight, seven, eight? Uh,
1: five or seven.
0: 5 or six, 5 or 7 that's a bit... what, what about 6 <laughs> 6 is good but season 5 oh okay okay yeah. okay so we're good then we have a few more seasons until things start going downhill we're, we can either be
1: like way. or something it's, it's true
0: we could keep we could just be like one of those dramas that just continues be, forever yeah, and ever and like there's just no end we'll be doing this till we're 80 uh either way this is the first official episode of 2021 meaning it is the first official episode of you'd love to see it season Three. We should come up with like a motto maybe for uh, for this season. But either way, I'm joined by my two friends, Eric Zhu and Caleb Brunman. How are you guys doing today? Swell.
1: I was literally just about to say that.
0: <laughs> you know, swell's a g- good go to, just like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm good, but a little bit more than good. You know, not great, but swell. Just swell. Oh,
2: now I'm more
0: than good. Thank yeah. You. Swell, swole, swell. All right. Well, for the first official episode, of 2021 in season three, we're going to be reviewing two movies. Um, did they? I want well, one of them. When did Promising Young Woman come out? Can't,
1: These are both considered 2020 movies, they both okay, had, they, like
0: they both are. Okay, yeah. So today we'll be reviewing One Night in Miami and Promising Young Woman. Uh, but before we do that, we have an intro question. In fact, I have one and they have no idea what it is, so uh, I will pose it. Are you, uh, you boys ready? Yes. Hit all me. right shot. what is your favorite movie that features oh, oh. an ensemble
2: <laughs>
0: all right I will start uh, so an ensemble based movie um, this one is very easily an ensemble based movie it's probably very uh, over over I don't know over or over liked I don't know if that's even uh, a phrase but Either way, my favorite ensemble movie is easily John Hughes' The Breakfast Club. Uh, The Breakfast Club is a movie I've liked since I was a young kid. Uh, I know it's shown in a lot of high schools for psychology classes and, you know, et cetera. But at the end of the day, it's just a great movie. You know, you really spend an hour and a half with just – small group of teenagers and you get to know not only how they work but how their family lives work and I really think it's it's a special movie and I don't know if there can be a movie that even touches what The Breakfast Club can do and did do uh with its ensemble group either way uh yeah easily one of my favorite I believe it's either a four might be a four and a half or five star on Letterboxd for me but it is one of my favorites so All right, now, Eric and Kayla, which one of you are going to go first and share your favorite Uh, ensemble movie?
1: My favorite ensemble movie, I'm not going to go too far into it, but it is, in my mind, the ensemble movie is Robert Altman's Nashville. I mean, this is an ensemble that has at least, like, 15 or 16 people in it. Um, And it's a story that's, like, sort of like an epic tapestry. Um, But if we want to go for something more recent... um, Parasite is an excellent ensemble movie.
0: That it is, Caleb. Uh, so I guess
2: I have a couple high rated ensemble movies. So I guess my favorite should be whichever one Eric likes less between everybody wants him <laughs> oh <my laughs> and Glenn, Gary Glenn Ross. Oh my God! And you know what's what funny? Is? <laughs> it's so I get, definitely I get high
1: everybody high wants more than one and a half stars
0: no i don't think he did
1: no i think glenn i like glenn gary glenn ross more but that's
0: what i'm gonna say his least favorite is definitely everybody won some and you know what's funny is that was my gonna be my number two answer but i didn't say it because i thought maybe caleb would and also i knew eric would sigh in disappointment if i said it so uh also wally wally is an ensemble movie i don't know about that man who's the ensemble Wally, <laughs> Wally. I guess every movie is an ensemble movie if one person uh, qualifies as an ensemble. Well, is there an actual? Okay, this is a dumb question. Um, you know, we're we're all film majors here, or media studies majors. Is there is there a a limit or a, a minimum number of people for th- something to be considered an ensemble? I think
2: it's like three. I feel
0: like four. Four. Okay, because definitely Actually, can't be like two, right? Mm. It's definitely not two.
2: I feel like you've asked me a different version of this question, Zach. And I'll In just the
0: end. past, I feel like the, I feel
2: I feel deja vu
1: to Caleb being very surprised that I wasn't choosing Magnolia.
2: No, interesting. Okay, okay. I, I agree with Eric, and I agree with.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I feel like
2: you. You asked me a different version of this question on the podcast, and. Not on the podcast,
0: <laughs> I might know the on the oh, off the podcast one, but uh, I don't remember the on the podcast one. Well, all right, the reason I asked that question is because our first movie today that Eric Zhu is going to be introducing is uh, the newly released One Night in Miami. Eric, uh, would you like to introduce the film? Well, anyways, I'm making you so
2: <laughs> I would,
1: um. This is Regina King's directorial debut. I think it debuted, it premiered last year at either Venice or Toronto. And um, this is uh, sort of a fictionalized account of the meeting of four African-American icons. Um, That would be Malcolm X, who's played by Kingsley Benadir, Cassius Clay played by Eli Gray, Jim Brown played by Aldous Hodge, as well as Sam Cooke played by Leslie Odom Jr. And the movie essentially takes place in a titular one night in Miami within one of Malcolm X's hotel rooms. Um, The night before he is about to um, leave, leave the Church of Islam, as well as right before Cassius Clay, uh, who will later be known as Muhammad Ali, is about to join the Nation of Islam. And the film is... Uh, based off a of stage play, and essentially is this chamber piece, chamber piece, within this night where all four of them have essentially philosophical debates as well as debates about what it means to be black in America and what the future of activism looks like. Um, it's got a lot of Oscar buzz. It's currently on Amazon Prime, and I think just this week won the best ensemble award at the independent spirit film awards. So, um, very, very good stuff. And I'm excited to talk about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, this was, I've seen this movie. Um, I don't know when you guys watched it, but I've seen this. It's been about a week and a half for me. So it's kind of had some time to settle more than a promising young woman. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, it's been a while. I, you know, I'm sure I have seen an, an ensemble, you know, film recently, but this one, you know, it's very, very focused on these four characters, obviously. And, you know, I, I think there are times where that works so beautifully and maybe times where it it doesn't work super well. Um, I think we'll get into some specific scenes, but I actually have a question for, uh, for Caleb. Um, I know you're a huge Hamilton fan. Um, as I'm not, I'm not saying Eric is not, um, I do love Hamilton as well, but, uh, Okay. let me make a, let me make a guess um was your favorite performance in this film the one by leslie odom jr's sam cook uh or sorry sam cooks who was played by <laughs> you know what i'm trying to say uh was that your favorite performance in the movie um if not who what was it
2: as a matter of fact that was my favorite performance in the movie interesting because Okay, of, uh, because of hamilton but okay it was the best performance in the movie <laughs> He did get it. okay uh, I'll say to be
1: fair he and Malcolm X definitely got the more media roles in the Absolutely. movie. And I think in 100%. terms of like Leslie Odom Jr. he also got the most cinematic role just in the sense that all the like virtuoso like all the virtual virtuoso like cinematic moments mostly revolved around Sam Cooke singing.
0: I, I yes I, I, but it I is have to say
1: a great performance.
0: We're going to we're going to I'm sure talk about this. Um I don't want to th- get into it yet but i mean to me my favorite part of this entire film is towards the end when um sam cooks uh, i believe it's change is going to come or uh something along those lines uh the song is playing he's singing it on tv and there's kind of a bunch of uh different shots going on and that's like probably the most powerful point in the movie for me um but yeah i mean so this the movie starts out um, Seeing a, I guess, a little brief introduction of each character. Uh, you start with, I believe, Cassius Clay, and then it jumps to, I don't actually remember the okay, order I'm at all.
1: Cassius Clay, then Sam Cooke, then I think
0: Jim, Jim Brown, I think. Yeah, and then Malcolm X is the last one. Um, so, what did you think about that opening um, for a film that's going to, you, that you know is going to focus? Uh, a majority of its time on this one night in Miami, haha, uh, where all four men are together. Um, what did you think about this opening? And something I noticed was that each opening piece um, kind of showed a point where each of the men were kind of down. You know, like Cassius Clay, he was losing his fight. Um, Sam Cooke, I believe... Oh, I don't remember which... What was that opening he was scene? Play, that was, he, was,
1: uh, he was playing at a oh, bar...
0: Yes, and, and there was and like-
1: Coincident, I didn't tell anyone this, but I had been watching clips from The Long Day Closes all day that day. And at the end of The Long Day Closes, there's this, it's like one of the best scenes in cinema and it's played to that song, Tammy. So like five minutes into the really? movie- Really? It plays and I, I, I lost it inside.
0: Wow, yeah. Um, So then after that, you see um, Jim Brown uh, going to visit this. That scene was so eerie, man. Um, The scene where he's visiting, like you can tell something's off the entire scene. And then at the very end, obviously the the guy, I don't remember what the character's name is. I'm sure it's not important, but he uses this racial slur and it just kind of like catches him, I think off guard and just like, is (laughs) like, you know, you're not allowed to come in the house because blank. And it's just like, you know, again, a third moment of seeing someone kind of in a bad situation. And then Malcolm X's scene where he is, I believe he's, is this the one where he's in his house talking to his wife um, just about, you know, what's coming you are I don't know, I guess, was it pretty clear by that point that he was planning to leave? Yes. I think the setback uh, was that
1: he was going to leave the nation of Islam and then, someone who he had helped along the way was refusing to come with him.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, so there's an interesting, obviously, amount of history in this film. Um, it does, a, I, I think, a great job of mixing fiction with history, obviously. Um, this this one night in Miami um, didn't actually happen. Um, at least there's no real account and quotes or anything like that. But a lot of the stuff that happens to the characters, especially in the beginning and the end, or experiences they talk about, I know are for the most part, historically accurate. Um, so just looking at the beginning, how did you guys feel about that kind of opening? Uh, what did you think about it?
1: Um, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. It was, it was, I, I mean the movie has to set up who all these characters are before they all come together. And it, I guess going into this, especially after seeing something like Ma Black Bottom, which is also another um, play adaptation this year, I was worried that this was gonna be another more like very clearly theatrical uh, movie. And these first four segments give Regina King some leeway to do a lot more, uh, more traditionally cinematic stuff. And I liked it for that.
2: Yeah, I think it uh, hit its marks did exactly what it was trying to do introduce everyone uh, inject some energy into the movie didn't think it was uh, <laughs> particularly special in its execution but it got the job done
0: okay so the, the film after this pretty much spends um, its time then setting up what will be that one night um, and the night pretty much consists of staying in the same room for a a good while. There's a point in which they move to, um, I should clarify, they're in a hotel room, uh, a a motel room, and then they move to the roof at one point, they come back down, but it mostly takes place in a confined space so they can kind of discuss all these different things. Um, And it very, very quickly, and then keeps on for the majority of the film, gets into you know the what I would obviously and anyone would say the meat of the film which is the you know the political uh, aspect where uh Malcolm X is really challenging kind of all three uh uh, of the men there specifically Sam Cooke um I was interested a lot I was especially in a film where there's not a ton of let's say you know maybe I don't know maybe there's not is it fair to say that it can be difficult when you're when the movie's taking place in one area to kind of differentiate maybe the cinematography and what's going on, like how it's looking and what's being filmed, how each character is being filmed? Um, I think it's fair to say that. And I actually thought that, I don't know if it was, I'm not going to say incredible, uh, but I thought there were some really awesome moments, specifically when I believe Sam Jim Brown's character and Cassius Clay's character. I don't know why I say that the character, it's them. Uh, when they walk into the bathroom and just have that few seconds of the camera on them in the mirror, what did you guys notice? What did you like? What didn't you like about kind of how this movie was filmed specifically when it was, you know, constrained to such small places? Um, well,
2: yeah, this is... Uh, I think we should mention an adaptation of Kemp Power's uh, stage play. So this this, uh, did start out uh, in the theater and um, which is why uh, it is so frequently confined. Um, I I don't think inherently being stuck in one location is anti cinematic or has to be boring visually or, or otherwise. Um, and I thought it was it was well shot. I think it kept you engaged. And like you said, there there are some moments where I think it's you know pretty intentional just to to switch things up. They they take you to a different location. I thought the the bathroom in the mirror was a good example of that. I thought going up to the roof really was more contrived and it's like, all right, we've been here too long. Let's let's change it up before our audience gets bored. Um, But as far as being stuck in one location, as far as, you know, dialogue, heavy scenes, movies go, I think it all comes down to the writing uh, not all, um, I shouldn't say all because the, the performances are going to be very important as well, but that's where, uh, you know, that's, that's the be all end all is the writing. And, um, so I think some of the, the switches and locations, the, the burst of energy are, are due to the fact that they didn't have, uh, complete confidence in the writing to sustain, uh, these ultra long conversations and probably for a good reason. They didn't have confidence um, because it was, you know, the writing think like the opening got the job done, expressed, conveyed what they were going for, but uh, wasn't remarkable in itself.
0: So Garrett, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, yeah, I was just going to mainly agree. I feel like whenever I see, like, a literary adaptation or, like, a stage play adaptation, the main hurdle it needs to jump for me is when I'm watching this movie, would I distinctly rather watch this on stage? And as, as like, well-directed and as, um, like, as well-done as this is, I don't know if this movie ever... um, crosses that barrier for me Caleb talked about the writing and I bet we'll talk about that a little later for sure but this movie definitely you can feel that it's a play and I felt like as Caleb mentioned before with all the changes of scenery and stuff they were trying to they knew that without the like crackling energy of live theater um this would have to suffice I guess and the entire time, that's sort of what I was looking for. I was looking for that burst of energy that comes to scenes something like this live.
0: I was actually going to, you know, I completely agree with you. In fact, the word I was going to use is saying this movie did lack what I consider a little bit of oomph, a little bit of, like you said, energy. Um, there are some times where I do think there are some intense scenes or some intense dialogue, but overall... I don't know my, what my answer would be. And in fact, actually I might know. Um, and I, I want to know your answer. Do you think you would enjoy this more as a play? Like, do you think you would enjoy it seeing more, seeing it more on the stage? In a word? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And you know, you know, maybe we're a little biased. I know, uh, you know, Caleb has done some acting on the stage. I have as well. Um, and yeah, so I, I agree. I agree with you completely. And, um, I wonder what could have been done to perhaps jump that gap and allow the movie to transcend beyond the stage. Um, and if there was really anything, or if this piece was written in such a way that it really can only shine when it's on the stage. Um, so let's talk about that writing and the dialogue, because I, I do think there are some really strong lines that at least still stick with me. Um, specifically the one I remember that I wrote down was the one um, Do you expect a dog to give you a medal for not kicking it that day. Uh, That was a really strong line I thought you know there's there's strong lines, and there's strong sections of dialogue but overall, the film, at times I think can get a little talky you know there's there's obviously a lot of words being thrown around a lot being said a lot of back and forth back and forth. In terms of, and like Caleb said, the movie has to rely on its writing and dialogue when you're constrained in this sense. Do you think it is successful in its writing, in its dialogue? Do you think it's captivating enough? Do you think it's strong enough? Or does it ultimately ring a little hollow?
1: I think for me, my main issue with the writing is that I think it, perhaps leverages on these people's like historical weight a lot more than their like identity as like characters as established within the movie. So like along the entire like middle 40 minutes, 40, 50 minutes, when they're essentially like really debating, it doesn't feel like they're as much characters so much as representations of these people's historical importance and what they did. Um, and it's not, at least for me, until like Sam Cook leaves the room and then Malcolm X and um Jim Brown sit down and talk it. The movie tries to get back towards more of a character-based mode. Um and I don't know if like as we just talked about the the opening um the opening introductions work well enough on their own, but they're not enough to do the the heavy lifting that's required to make the entire middle section really feel, I don't know, lived in?
2: Yeah. um, yeah, Part of the issue with the dialogue for me is the theatricality. Um, I, haven't read the stage play but I'm willing to bet that the the big changes in the adaptation are not in the dialogue um just sounds like something you would hear on the stage and just doesn't play as well on screen but the bigger issue and I think this sort of ties into uh these characters being more ideologies uh personified than individualized beings is I feel like they speak in a very modern way uh it doesn't feel like 1965 it feels like especially when they're arguing that it's like coming out of a a newspaper article or or even or even like tweets it's it's stuff that I feel like is very popular day and it's not really filtered through these characters or the time period it really is just delivered um i think arguments especially about um uh, uh, as far as black empowerment is concerned uh malcolm x argues for more of uh being vocal and you know, showing strength uh whereas sam cook uh, really emphasizes the the economic uh, for the, the need for for economic success uh, vitality and I think the way they describe it is stuff it is it's executed in a, in a way that I feel like I hear all the time today and I think it, it just took me out of it really I think did make me feel like Eric felt like they are just their ideologies and it's just it's stuff that we're talking about now that's being put in verbatim into these characters mouths and you know we're supposed to accept it as their words even when it it feels like somebody else's
0: so do you feel as though the characters are one dimensional i mean it does i think help the fact that they are real people representations of real people so perhaps the film doesn't have to flesh out so much of who they are and such but do you feel like there is a lack of an emotional connection to the characters and more emphasis placed on a connection to their ideas
1: yeah i think i i think i would probably
2: i'd probably go with that yeah i don't feel like i left this with like a great understanding of malcolm x for example
0: but you feel like perhaps you have a better understanding of the ideas, or yeah. not even that. I, so, what do you, like what do you what do you think this movie did well at t- like letting you take away? The
2: the divisions and mm-hmm. ideologies between the characters are are expressed clearly. Um, but as as far as those ideologies factor into. know, a greater being, a a truly individualized self, I think that's where it falls short.
1: I think the version of this movie that I would have liked to see, like, I think my main problem with these characters' ideologies is that a lot of the dialogue and the way it's played out is meant, is not like incredibly, incredibly so meant to be taken at face value. Um, And I wish that I wish that there would be a way to express these ideologies as clearly while representing some like conf- like some like dynamic between what these people are saying and what these people are doing. And I feel like that would have helped maybe flesh them out as f- help flesh them out better as characters. Um, the one that the movie that I keep thinking of when I come, when I, when I'm thinking of this is um, Romer's My Night at Mods, which includes, a titular night at Maude, which lasts around an hour. And it's essentially um, the main character and mod talking about like the ideas on philosophy, math, art, gender for an hour, sort of in a similar way as this. But what makes that movie so interesting is all the framing, but more so how, how clear it is through the composition and through the blocking and through these people's interactions, how what they're saying is at once completely, completely something they believe in, but also something that like physically or like internally that isn't necessarily true to, to their lives. And I wish that One Night in Miami were more able to convey some of that like raw, like human interaction energy without sacrificing any of its ideological
0: clarity. All right. Well, let's get to the ending of the film and then wrap up. Um, We've kind of hit a lot of the main points, you know, kind of, uh, I I do, I do feel like um, I have to say that I enjoyed this film. Like I I actively did enjoy it. Um, I thought it was interesting to get, you know, more perspective. You know, I, I might have had a somewhat basic understanding of the four characters uh, main ideas before watching this movie. Um, I honestly didn't know too much about Sam Cook or uh, Jim Brown, but uh, I, I thought it did, a, 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 it had a good balance, but I do agree that it, it did miss the mark on a lot of levels. Um, however, that being said, I do think the second half um, of the film is vastly superior to the first half. Um, I, I, I really do think at some point, um, specifically after um, they come back from the roof, um, maybe even a little bit later after that, I do think they settle in a little bit more. Um, it does feel a little bit more authentic. And then I do really personally enjoy uh, the ending scenes, especially the kind of montage with uh, uh, Sam Cook character or sam cook singing um song view. on tv so just yeah
1: great. i mean i
0: uh, easily i hope I'm, that
1: I'm, song I'm, in the end credits wins best original
0: song i mean it's it's wow yeah it's beautiful honestly i mean like i don't want to say like that saved the movie but it was just a powerful moment and i do think that to me summarized what i thought was a somewhat successful latter uh half of of the film um What did you guys feel, uh, with the ending? Were you satisfied with how it wrapped up? Uh, were you left kind of just not really caring too much because you didn't feel that emotional connection to the characters? Um, you do get, get a kind of like, I guess, post, you know, post the one night future, you know, you get the, the scene with Malcolm X where his family is, uh, his house is, uh, burned down. Um, there's a little bit, I I remember doing some research after there's a little bit of a historical, I think like, you know, you know what historical movies do. They love to kind of crunch things together and put things a little bit out of order. There's a little bit of inaccuracies there, but either way, how did you feel the film uh, ended?
1: Um, I think by, by once they leave the hotel room, it's almost like, because we spent so long in this really like talky theatrical environment for the past hour, it feels a bit like a breath of fresh air and I, I thought the ending played well. Um, obviously when when Leslie Odom Jr. Is singing like it can't be bad. So I did Probably enjoy that. Sure.
2: Yeah, the ending tied it up nicely. Um very very wise on the part of the filmmakers to have leslie odom jr Regina King. <laughs> the leftovers
1: yeah, leftovers, a
2: leftovers, alum, leftovers alum great stuff but you
0: know all right oh, let's ending, go ahead sorry i
2: was ready for it
0: to end so <laughs> you were ready for it to end. all right well uh let's let's go into our uh our final ratings if you have anything else you kind of want to add just kind of add it in there um so yeah i'll go first um I enjoyed this movie. Um, I felt like it was a nice kind of, for me, the first film of 2021, I guess technically it's 2020 film, but we're counting it as 2021 in terms of, you know, I I watched it in 2021, so whatever. And we're doing our first podcast episode on it. But for me, it was a good way to kick off a new film and uh, in a new year. Uh, Overall, uh, I really have to say, we probably didn't give them enough praise. At least personally, I didn't give them enough praise. I thought, all four performances were very strong. Um, the I one very that very
1: much as well I know who
0: you're gonna exactly say. I know who you're gonna. Me. Interesting. Cool. I, really, I, I honestly didn't think you were gonna say that one. I I agree with you, but I didn't think you would. You would. I thought you would uh, say Jim Brown. Um,
1: no, th- th- just Ilaga performance is the most overtly theatrical to me. Yeah. But do you uh, think that? that it
0: found do you think that's that? I mean, he is a very theatrical person, especially um, you know the fact that he is of the four of them the youngest. I mean, he's twenty two years old. Um, there is some theatrics there. You're right, um, but I don't know. I personally, I guess you can talk about it more in a, in a second. But I I I didn't find it too bad. Um, but I did think of the four, it probably was the weakest but I wouldn't say it's probably by that much. Um, I, I honestly enjoyed all four. Um, I loved <laughs> Leslie Odom jr. Singing. Um, I love some, some of the shots and some of the little, like I, I love some of the little scenes. There's like tiny moments I can pick out, um, where like kind of the middle bunch, like doesn't really stick with me that well. I mean, like, I can't really remember that many things of it other than maybe a few specific lines and a few specific shots. Um, so overall, I would say, I mean, for first, for Virginia King's uh, director, directorial debut, it, uh, I would say it's a success. And I would be surprised if it didn't get uh, at least a few nods uh, for the Oscars, uh, at least nominations. Uh, but we will see. Overall, I would say uh, One Night in Miami, three and a half stars.
1: Yeah, Um um, I don't wanna to repeat too much of what we just talked about, but I guess I guess the main feeling, the main hurdle that this didn't jump for me is that I would still much rather see this um, on stage, but I do think it's a successful uh, feature debut and Regina King does show that she has a good grasp of the camera and composition, in especially in those beginning and ending sections. Um, yeah, I also agree that the performances are definitely stand out. Um, Especially as we talked about Leslie Odom Jr. as well as Kingsley ben who I I feel like is the real breakout of this movie. I agree. Um, And I think is probably the one that's that's been getting the most awards buzz out of this uh, and deservedly so. Um, But yeah, I found, um, I mainly had an issue with um, not feeling like these characters are really lived in throughout the whole movie. And in addition, with, the, um, with a lot of what I was talking about with missing the live theatrical energy, um, I thought this was successful, but fine. Um, so my final rating is three stars.
2: Uh, as far as the performance behind Cassius Clay, I was okay with it because I think clay turned Ali is in history a pretty uh theatrical character um and I'm not sure exactly how accurate how 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 uh, how well you'd compare the two's theatricality but um I mean Muhammad Ali was a huge fan of himself uh and I think at least that part is is conveyed uh in the movie a huge fan and believer in himself rightly so i I should add Uh, uh, beyond what else has already been said uh, or i guess i too thought uh regina king did a very nice job directing this though perhaps paradoxically i also found myself bored through some of it um but i i i think eric put it best uh successful but fine
0: three stars. All right. Well, let's now jump to a completely different gear with a film that I will introduce and a film that I believe will be pretty controversial. Uh, maybe not between us, but I do know it is very controversial, at least in the letterbox comments. I can tell you that I've gotten in a few arguments already uh, in the comments and a few discussions uh, last night. Um, so our second film is a, uh, is it Emerald F- Fennel? I don't know how to say the last name. I apologize. Um, I've uh, heard,
1: honestly, I've heard
0: both. Fennell, I, F- Fen- I've heard both okay. Fennel and Fennel. Okay. I'm going to go Fennel. Um, I apologize to Emerald Fennel uh, if you're listening. Uh, you can just shoot me an email if uh, I did it wrong. Um, either way, our second film is Emerald Fennell's Promising Young Woman, uh, which I will actually want to give a little tad. Um, I'm sure you guys already knew this, but uh, I really, I do really like the name of this film and where the name originates from. Um, and yeah, let's get into it. So the film follows uh, Carrie Mulligan's character, Cassandra, uh, throughout the entire film And it's based on a woman who is haunted by this tragic past where her, uh, I guess, best friend uh, growing up uh, was sexually assaulted um, and and raped in college, uh, or I believe it's med school, correct? Yeah. Uh, And med school, um, where she later at a unknown time uh, commits suicide. Um, And... The movie kind of bounces around a few different ideas, but I would say the main idea is about Carrie Mulligan's uh, character Cassandra getting revenge on uh, these these men uh, at bars who who try to seduce uh, drunk women, who try to sexually assault drunk women. But eventually, the film turns to a more personal vendetta where uh, Cassandra is targeting the people who she views were in some way, whether directly or indirectly responsible for her friend. Um, oh my gosh. What's her name? Nina. Her friend, Nina's death. I can't believe I forgot that. Um, so yeah. So the film centers around that. Uh, the, 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 the secondary character really in this is um, Bo Burnham, who uh, I actually can't wait to talk about his performance with you guys, because I'm really interested in what you guys have to say. Um, is this do you guys know if this is his acting debut? I do no. know it's not. No. It is not a yeah. no, big know, Okay. I know he's been okay. Because I do know like I, he's a stand-up comedian. Um, he's also directed a film uh, and wrote a film eighth grade, which came out I believe a year or two, two years ago. 2018. Um, wow, three years ago. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, so let's get into this. Um, whew, I don't even know where to start. There's so much to talk about. Um, I took very extensive notes during this film. I was about halfway through and so much was popping in my head that I was like, I got to start taking notes, man. Like <laughs> there's too many discussion points. Oh, well, let's start at the beginning. Um, the film really pretty much throws you in to it. Um, by having the opening scene be uh, Cassandra being uh, picked up from a bar by a guy where she is completely intoxicated. So we think, wink, wink. There's a lot of wink, wink moments in this film. Um, But so we think she's intoxicated. Uh, She goes home with this guy And he sexually assaults her. I mean, rapes her basically while she is pretending to be drunk. And then she confronts him in this way where she suddenly acts sober and kind of where later on we see scenes uh, that are similar. Um, I believe it happens a few times, like two or three times uh, where she allows this guy. I'm not, I don't mean allows, but you know, she's pretending to be drunk. A guy will take her home. They will, you know, very over the top, maybe unrealistic, I don't want to say unrealistic, but maybe a bit theatrical way, totally, totally dismiss her and um, usually sexually assault her. How did you guys feel about that opening scene? And not even just that one, there are several of them, um, of the bar picking up scenes that happen. I guess I'll start by saying this. Um, I don't want to ever, and I think there's a disclaimer, I, I do wish, um, and we haven't talked about this. I do wish, and I do think it would have been interesting to have a female perspective on the podcast to talk about this film, because I do believe that you get something very different from watching it. Um, and either way, um, I had some issues with the scenes where uh, a man, where the guys t- took her home from the bar, not because they aren't realistic, but maybe because the acting or the over-the-topness of it is maybe a little bit too, like, you know, like, uh like, see, see, like, I don't know if unrealistic is the way to put it. I, Eric, Caleb, uh, what do you guys think about the opening scene and those scenes in particular?
1: Um, I think the most interesting thing about the pickups, for me at least, is that all of the people um, that he, that, sorry, that uh, Carrie Mulligan's character, Cassandra, um, uh, is getting picked up by? They're all not your stereotypical definitions of the type of jock or the toxic male that um, you normally think of. They're all these stereotypical, like, nice guy characters. I think that's the most interesting For part sure. of it. Um, as for the entire conceit, th- I sort of, I, I thought they were fine. I, I enjoyed them. I like that, um, the, like all of those scenes play on just the inherent tension of knowing something that these people who are clearly portrayed as toxic don't know. So it plays into that sort of just that pop candy, like revenge, like revenge sort of feeling of satisfaction. And I, I did enjoy that.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the fact that these are quote-unquote nice guys is very intentional choice here. Uh, McLovin. To, <laughs> it's a, a sad... Um, <laughs> a s- a he sad went down
0: thing. a dark road, McLovin.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, very intentional uh, to show that... And to show how just common mm-hmm. uh, the issue is in that it could be anyone and often is anyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the most interesting part of this to me, and I think this just ties into the bigger themes of the movie is that she lets these guys off with a warning. Um, It, it really plays like a, uh, like a revenge Mm -hmm. uh, movie until she doesn't exactly exact revenge on these guys. What did you think yeah. of your choice? To stop and draw the line. <laughs> you
0: yeah, you know, um, this is an interesting part. I I, I was talking with someone with. Um, uh, I was talking to a girl on Letterbox about this film, and um, she was saying she had a few issues with this film, but one one of them being the 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 fact that this film very purposely has very kind of triggering, it, it can be very triggering in some ways. Um, perhaps that's very intentional, um, but I still think that can bother and does bother people. Um, but one of the things that we talked about was the fact that they didn't find it believable that Cassandra would simply just let these men go with a warning and naively expect that they would actually learn anything. Um, I don't know if I will say anything that strong. Um, I have to say not what I expected. I really did expect this movie to be more violent. I won't lie. Um, I don't know why, but there's just the vibe I got originally from the trailer when I saw it months ago. Um, I definitely did not expect it to be what it was. Um, but yeah, I, I, do you guys find it believable that this character who, I mean, very consistently distrusts men um, for good reason. Uh, do you think it's believable that she would just let these men go with a warning and more so believe that they would actually change because of it?
2: I don't know if she believes that they're going to change. Um, I, I think her faith or trust in men has been so shattered that
0: um, won't be the uh, last time it's shattered
2: she's <laughs> teaching is is you know more something for her own benefit than uh, to teach uh, uh you know, or to teach a lesson that's you know going to be learned and you know lived from so I think that the question is to me, uh, is it realistic that, you know, this is enough for her? That uh, she she takes a, you know, enough pleasure or satisfaction from just giving these guys a scare? Or does she, you know, deep down or not so deep down want to do something nastier?
1: Yeah, I think the part of the idea of her letting them off with a warning that works for me is the idea that there's a sense that even through all the like neon lights of this movie, that there's no way for her to get satisfaction and the constant, like the constant uh, denial of satisfaction in letting off these guys with a warning is sort of, sort of correlates with that. The idea that, the, like, misogyny and sexual assault is so widespread that even if she did anything, it would be the exact same. Like, there would really be no difference. Um, I guess my main question about this movie, and I think the other really interesting choice that's made here, is what do you make of the choice that Cassandra is
0: not Nina? What do you mean? That... You mean the fact the movie is that based the primary on- character. I,
1: I think my is the is this idea that um, I think the most interesting thing is that this is the idea that sexual assaults like affects more than just the person who was assaulted, and I think it's an incredibly it interesting. To say that the main character of this movie, who is enacting revenge, is a friend of the woman that was assaulted, and this is also someone whose life is now sort of this. I, I like she has like lost herself because of this as well.
0: I do think i i I like the choice um I do think it adds in some way more meaning. I'm not saying the film would be meaningless if it was if she was Nina, but I do think it leads to the fact that she will never find satisfaction because um you know she 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 never does um you know and there's a there's a bunch of scenes you know specifically even the one where she's talking about Nina's mom to Nina's mom um where you see that some people have moved on, but others haven't. And I think that's a, that's a very realistic aspect of the film that it affects people very differently, especially even like, you know, you can see that apparent, which I I do want to get into that scene because I absolutely hate that scene. Um, But I I do think it's an interesting choice. Um, I originally did think the film was going to be that idea. I I actually thought uh, in, before I saw the film, that Cassandra was Nina, if that makes sense. That I, I thought sh- that she would have had the tragic past in terms of it happening to her, um, rather than it being a close friend. Um, I'm not sure how you know. I, I, again, I don't know what uh, the plot of that movie would look like. Um, I don't know. Uh, what do you? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean. I think, oh no, I sort of like that in those two choices, um, the first being her letting off these guys with a warning and um, this idea that she is someone who is very, very much so directly affected by assault, but isn't the person who uh, who was assaulted make this, I, I think those are those are the two choices that make this movie, like very like interesting and like worth seeing for me. Those are the two movies that especially combined with the pop aesthetic and the almost like superhero ideas within it that make this movie I think I don't know I feel like this is a movie that has a lot of really interesting ideas in it and I think and I like the way that it plays
0: with I don't know like revenge I think it has a lot of interesting like, ideas cute like pop like like dialogue as well. I think I agree with you. And I, th- I want to let Caleb speak here. Um, I don't know if he has anything to say because I can't see his face. Um, but uh, I will say, I agree. This movie does have a lot of interesting ideas, but that's the issue. I think it never really touches on those ideas. I feel like the ideas that it presents have a nice, as I saw somewhere, they have a nice candy coating, but inside it's hollow. I, I-, I don't think it really gets there. I, I, I think there's a lot of moments where you think you're maybe getting there, but it just never ultimately does. Um, Caleb, do you have anything to say? Uh, I, I didn't mean to cut you off.
2: No, that's okay. You, you weren't cutting me off. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, think, I think that it's, it's a good point that it just doesn't get there all the way. Uh, i think it's one of those movies where you really where it's it's trying to be carried by its concept um but it it needs a little more and i guess to his credit it does go for a little more by the end
0: oh but. oh it does <laughs> i don't think it works yeah. in some <laughs> ways but yeah, I just don't think it works. Um, it, but it does go for it. it. At least it does shoot for it. You know, like I have to give the movie credit in that regard. Yeah. Um, let, let, let me direct you guys a little bit through some just particular scenes and some moments. I just want to get your opinion. Um, I do want to come... We'll eventually talk about Bo Burnham's character um, in a very a, a very, not surprising twist, I think. Um, but... Um, there's a couple of scenes to me that really point out my struggles with this movie. Um, the car tire iron scene. Why is that in the film? Please get rid of that entire scene. Okay. If this was realistic, that guy would have called the cops after that woman literally destroyed his windshield and taillights with a tire iron in no real life scenario. Would that man just be like, you dumb person and then drive off like like what like i i get what it was trying to that what it was trying to do i just thought it was a poor attempt at 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 illustrating what it was trying to illustrate um i'll let you comment on that but what the point i'm trying to get here is i feel like there's points in this film where realism drops in a way that is not productive i feel like there's times where the movie is just like we really want you to believe this but then there's scenes that are so unnatural that you're like i don't i don't know if i buy that you know i, I don't know that, that, that's such a nitpicky thing did you you guys know what scene i'm talking about right with the car tire yeah. iron i mean maybe it didn't bother you as much but I, like I, I don't know am i being do you think i'm being a little too harsh <laughs> Yeah, I think
1: this is a movie that very intentionally only exists in realism during the scenes where she is sleeping with people. And the rest of the movie is supposed to be this sort of classic, like, sort of Sundance indie, like, like bright neon world where they can dance in the pharmacy and, like, dance to Paris Hilton. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I think that's intentionally, that's intentionally so. So it, when... She um, gets out the tire iron and um, smacks the windshield of the car next to her. I'm not as concerned because this real this this other world isn't meant to be that realistic. Um, Yeah, I I guess it didn't bother me. The main thing that doesn't hit for me is I I feel like the ending just doesn't.
0: Oh, we're gonna get there. We're gonna spend a lot of time on the ending. Caleb, do you share the same? I mean, I don't. I don't want to yeah, presume. I
2: agree way. with Eric, and I question why create this dichotomy between you know the the glitter world and and the real world. I think it probably would have been more effective to make everything real. Don't give the audience a chance to uh, escape the realities that uh the movie demands you see Uh, um and i think it would be more affecting to an audience um if the whole world feels real um because then that's just gonna make the situations excuse me within it (laughs) and also i i think that uh the dialogue in this film is very oh. poor, and because of oh that, my
0: god! Oh, I'll get there. I have a few quotes for you, Caleb. <laughs> I
2: think because of that, the uh, the the neon world especially doesn't work and makes it especially uh, makes an especially poor decision that to I- include it at all.
1: Let me. I don't let don't me. Put- dialogue is intentionally poor. Like it's meant to. Yeah, I don't think nice like guy David Lynch is that no, <laughs> like, it's meant to be like, incredibly like cutesy and sanitized to emphasize like, sort of like with the nice guy thing, like how you would like, how these things are so widespread that they even, I, I guess sort of like David <laughs> when you say like that, but cutesy. I will
0: say, what I will say is that I do think the dialogue, it's very obvious that it is intentionally, I don't want to say over the top, but very intentionally stereo like stereotypical, like the things the guy are saying, the um, the guy, the last guy that she tries to take out um, at the bar or whatnot, she tries to, that she almost goes out. The the guy says, why do you guys have to ruin everything um, in reference to women? How, why do you guys have to ruin everything? Uh, the dialogue with Nina's mom is completely terrible in terms that she says, don't act like a child. I mean, come on, move on for all of us. I mean, I under, the more I think about it, I don't like it, but I do think the film is purposely doing it. I do think the point is here are things that are said in maybe a more believable way in real life, but nevertheless, these are things that are said, you know, just like the scene with the Dean where the Dean is like saying the very stereotypical lines, I didn't want to ruin a young man's future. Or I, you know, like the. I don't know if I'd ever hear a real Dean. Maybe we would, honestly, I'm actually, maybe we would, but I do feel like the film is so purposely over the top with its dialogue because it's trying to make that point. It's trying to drive home that those those stereotypes, which do exist. Um, I do have a question. Um, do you guys want to comment on that?
2: I, I just think it, it comes off completely unnatural and awkward. I,
0: I agree. I, I do think it's unnatural. Watching the film, I do think it's unnatural because to me, it's not about would someone say this in real life. It's like, it's just like, it doesn't feel right. Like, it just doesn't feel
2: it's like
0: this. Yeah. Let like, me ask you this. I
2: hate it. I just, Let like, me ask
0: I you this question. I had, <laughs> I had someone say that they believed that this film should have been an ex- a form of escapism for women. Now, do you think that this film would have been better served? Now, you said if the f- f- film lived in reality rather than switching back and forth to these, these worlds, it would be better. But what if the film focused in on being in that neon glitter world? Like, what if it was there? Which I honestly thought there would be more of in this film in some aspects. Um, Do you think the film would have been better that way?
2: I don't know how a movie with this subject matter and this storyline could ever be, how you could ever come away from it and be like, man, that was a nice escapist.
0: (laughs) That's fair. That is fair.
2: I guess,
1: I guess the idea would just be the catharsis. I, I think the um, if you've made it into like, a, obviously it's not this, but like a Kill Bill style
0: movie. I, I guess, honestly, I, I won't like lie, like I thought that's what the movie, movie, the movie was going to be.
1: I think, I think the thing the movie needs to do at the end is it needs to make a choice and that's what it doesn't, the ending it gives us it makes it doesn't a, really makes make, a, make a, a
0: choice. It doesn't make a choice. It needs
1: to, choose to be like, it needs to either choose to be sort of like tragic and sh- like Cassandra is this martyr or it needs to go full on like audition. Like that's the first thing I thought of. Like imagine like what if that movie ended like a cathartic version of the ending of audition Um, and the ending it chooses does neither. It turns her into this like tragic figure, but it also has her planning it giving satisfaction at the end and the end it chooses like it chooses neither in a really weird way.
0: Um, it, 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 yeah, I uh, Eric simply put, the ending doesn't work. It doesn't. It just doesn't. And I know what they are trying to do, but I don't know if it's a lack of commitment, like you say, or just an overall continuation of this idea that this film wants to have you believe. That there is this candy, this, this, this bubble of ideas, and it looks beautiful on the outside. I wouldn't say beautiful. It looks like there's so many, so much there. And then you open it up, you crack it open, and it's just empty. Um, and that's where I think it, 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 you're right. The ending, the ending has you at one point believe one thing, kind of pulls a little, yeah, again, wink, wink moment over you. Um, I don't have a problem with it, but I just think it, it doesn't work. Um, let's, let's get into the ending because that's what we're going to spend some time on. So spoiler alert, since this is a very new movie, uh, we are going to talk about the ending, the ending scene, uh, basically has, um, I guess it's important to notice that, uh, Cassandra finally puts her trust into this man that she eventually moves in with, um, uh, Bo Burnham's character. Um, I believe his name is Ryan, Ryan. Thank you. Um, and you know you start to think, oh, maybe he's a good guy. To be honest, I was never fooled. I knew that plot twist was coming. <laughs> I mean, come on. Tell me, either of you were fooled? Tell me.
1: Um, I wasn't surprised when it happened, but I was. I
0: was willing- surprised by how it happened.
1: The, I was. I was willing to buy the the sort of subplot that she like. That there was the chance that she was going to find someone that she like could like learn to trust but um i wasn't exactly surprised when
0: um when it, when it video out. Comes out
1: and he was um a, a bystander to the entire event
0: yeah um so anyways uh you know ryan turns out to be a bystander to you know the rape of uh of nina uh cassandra basically goes off a cliff from that you know she she finds her vengeance again uh, and plans this whole idea that she is going to go to the bachelor party um, and she's going to get there by dressing up as a stripper uh, this, The bachelor
1: like, party of Al Brown the, Yes, Al, uh, sorry, I should clarify. Who was the yeah. perpetrator of the assault against Nina.
0: Yeah, and uh, right before that, you know, the film there she gets revenge on several of the other minor characters, but never on the main guy. So now she's like, because of this Ryan thing, she's like, alright, I'm You know, I'm going for it. Um, You know, she gets there. uh, She drugs all the other men, uh, basically, makes them pass out. She ties up um, Al and pretty much wants him to just admit what happened. And he doesn't. Um, ever. He basically continues to deny it. Again, you have more of this stereotypical kind of, I'm going to just say douchebag dialogue of this guy being like, I never did anything. Uh, I'm a nice guy. You know, she wanted it, blah, blah, blah. Um, And, you know, ultimately it suddenly turns, you know, when you think that, you know, she's in control and she's, you know, going to get the answer she wants or whatever. Uh, She ends up uh, being suffocated by him. And the movie continues. Um, they all kind of think (laughs) they burn her body, the group of men. Um, there's some, you know, again, wink, wink dialogue where the guy's like saying to his friend, this wasn't your fault. Like this was an accident, you know, um, again, playing on the stereotypical, you know, this wasn't your, you know, whatever. Um, And uh, yeah, the, the guys all think they're, they're free. Ryan thinks he's free when a police officer tells him he, he doesn't admit to anything about telling her uh, telling them where she went because he knew. And uh, at the wedding, at Al's wedding later on the, the, you know, the, the, the blinds open and you realize there was an elaborate plan the whole time where um, somehow I guess she knew she was going to be suffocated or die. um, I guess is the assumption. And she sent kind of like a a letter to a bunch of people, one to the lawyer that she had previously gotten quote unquote revenge on, even though he turned out to be like a, like whatever, he turned out to be one of the only people that was actually sorry for their actions. Um, And yeah. And then you just see this whole thing where the plan, you know, comes into fruition. There's these, uh texts that are somehow sent to ryan's phone that were somehow i guess pre-planned um days in advance um to happen at that exact moment um the police come they find the body they arrest the guy you know all that so the plan ends up working out in cassandra's way and you're left with a feeling of i'm gonna say the movie wants you to be satisfied all right. Was that about, was that a good summary, a long summary of the ending? Um, let me just say this. I am not satisfied. Here's why. I will be completely honest. I did not expect her to die. I didn't. And that's okay. You know what? I actually liked that. I actually really liked for a minute what the movie was trying to go for. The idea that she had this whole revenge, but at the end of the day, and, and maybe maybe that's a little dark, you know, that to leave off the note that, you know, you know, these, these shitty men get what the, you know, they don't get what they deserve that, you know, you know, people like them will keep living on. They'll keep getting away with it. And, you know, that's life. And, and, and maybe that's too depressing. Um, I do think that's more realistic, honestly, in some matter. And I feel like the film was going that direction. And then they kind of pull the covers and say, actually, she got what she wanted. Like she got them, arrested she ruined ryan's you know ruined their ryan's life um I, yeah um oh man i you guys need to talk for a minute while i <laughs> because i'm just like oof i, I I'm, I'm really interested to hear what caleb caleb do you want to talk about how you feel about the ending lay it all out there for me man
2: sure thing <laughs> Um, all right, (laughs) so you've been uh, waiting, yeah. Um, I think ultimately this was supposed to be a movie about female empowerment at its core, and wrapped over that is this idea that, uh, yeah, like no matter what women are going to pay the price for uh actions that men commit and so yeah i agree that that was kind of the thinking behind her her death um and then you also kind of think for a second yeah like she, um these guys are gonna get away with it too. like that's the big message is that uh, you know she's going to suffer even though you know she didn't do anything wrong it was them then you know they, they come back and they have the plan and she gets them all and so then it, it turns into this like fence sitting ending where yeah she she kind of won in the end but also no way she didn't no way she won because she she's dead. <laughs> she's dead. <laughs> I don't think the message is you have to die to make a point. I think, I think in the end, it was just playing both sides to a point that was completely ineffective. And I think it, it does lose sight of the fact that this is supposed to be about uh, how I interpreted it, at least female empowerment. And when you look back and consider that to watch that long scene, that long take of her being suffocated, uh, zooming closer and closer as her body is struggling and, and kicking and the guy is yelling at her to stop. And you just have to sit there and, and take that. I think that's a horrible thing to show in a movie, uh, whose thesis I think is the opposite of that visual.
1: Yeah, I think I, I sort of echoed what Caleb said earlier and that the, end, the ending just doesn't make a, a choice. And I think either choice could have been done well, but it chooses neither, which is probably the only incorrect answer <laughs> <it could> possibly <laughs> have made. Um, I guess my question is for the movie is this. What does... The genre movie that tries to focus on real life um, examples of sexual assault and gender politics look like? And should it be done? Because I think that's ultimately what this movie is going for. It's like, if you, it's like, uh, it's these ideas of, it, it incorporates like interesting and I think honestly, in terms of in film, like pretty novel ideas of about gender politics and sexual assault in the wraps of genre in the idea in like the genre of a revenge thriller and i i think it's interesting that i don't think it necessarily works but what does the version that works look like
0: well i will say this um and i love this so much that i have to read it because i believe it's 100 true um i don't want to get too off the subject but this film was marketed and The idea is it should be this female empowerment film. It's not that. It just simply isn't. And this this review that I like said, if you want to watch a great girl power movie with awesome aesthetics and music without triggering moments, such as the suffocation scene with very little payoff, go for Birds of Prey instead. Now, what I will say is this. This movie has some good intention. It has good intentions, but this movie fails to successfully empower women and fails to successfully give some kind of realistic answer to this very real problem. I'm not asking for this movie to solve sexual assault or rape. However... I do believe that the film completely did not end up giving any notable solution or notable idea in terms of what should we take away from this movie dealing with a very real and problematic subject. I just, I just don't, I, I, what is the takeaway? Well, I mean, what is it? I I mean, can, can either of you answer it? I'm not going to, I'm not like, you know, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm just curious. What, what do you, what is your takeaway from the film? You know, not the takeaway that you wanted, but the takeaway this film was spoke like this film left you with. Was there any takeaway?
1: Yeah, I honestly, I honestly do think for me there was. I didn't. I honestly didn't expect to be talking uh, defending this <laughs> as, much as, I, as I am. But I, I, don't know. I feel like, I feel like in terms of, as, as I've said this before, before the two, mo- the two choices that make this movie worthwhile, like, in terms of choosing non-stereotypically masculine men as the perpetrators of most of the assaults in the movie as well as choosing Cassandra as this representation of lives affected other than um the victim of assault I think this movie does like I think it I think those are two very worthwhile ideas that I think people don't really think about and that I think are worthwhile like that as I said before make this movie worthwhile to watch just because those ideas I feel like are so rarely represented and are so rarely talked about in the rhetoric of sexual assault. Like it's easy, like the um, the idea of um, like the title of this movie comes from I think it comes from Brock Turner, oh, yes. right?
0: Like, yes, um, like he they was would call it promising,
1: the, like the life of a promising young man. And this is like, but Cassandra is like even a step further than that. Like this, this sexual assault didn't just ruin Nina's life. It also in a way ruined Cassandra's. Um, and I think, I think that idea in itself is fairly productive. And the, the film loses its way like throughout that. But I think those two ideas really did stick with me after I watched the movie.
0: I, I agree with you. I, don't, I, I, I was a little harsh in saying there's no, nothing to be left with. I do think those two ideas are important and um, are hundred percent real. I just at the end of the day feel as though the film presented those two things, but then really gave nothing else. I, I feel like for 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 a film that's trying to make such a big commentary on such a critical issue, like what does the ending leave you with? Like what what is it telling you to do? Like what what, what is the the message?
2: I I think I have a I have a similar question that maybe we'll elucidate some things um, my my question because of the ending is who is the audience or perhaps better who was this movie made for when when she dies when she is murdered on screen but then is like oh but I got these guys in trouble too who is going to leave the theater you know feeling like I don't know they just, got their they just got their money's worth or they feel empowered or inspired or like they really learned something I think the ending makes you question everything that comes Mm -hmm. before it and then on a broader scale makes you wonder who who is this for is it just I mean with an ending so
0: Uh, like inoffensive uh, like, yeah. like yeah i mean it, 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 yeah it no. it's it's not meant to empower females right i mean no, you can't just, tell like, me that the ending empowers
2: or you know the the terrible men out there i think if that mm. was the case and that it wouldn't really end like this either
1: my idea was that she wanted to have it both ways you like you get the mis- you get the sort of like miserable like realism of her death, but then the ending brings it back to this genre that it's trying to go for the like revenge thriller that and the movie tries to have it both ways, but it ends up getting none. It just says, it just doesn't work. Yeah.
0: Why, why not just have it where she wins, you know, where, not even wins, you know, maybe, maybe the end, there is no way for her life to be normal again. Right. This is a, but I also don't think that's a good message to this end. Are we really saying that this is irreversible? The damage is irreversible or are we, are we saying that like, you, your only solution is to die to find satisfaction with your life. Like,
2: here's something I, I that just came to mind. Uh, the end of, of Get Out, uh, Daniel Kaluuya s- survives in the end. Like you think he's going to die, but he survives, and uh, seems like you know j- justice is there to be served. There's also an alternate ending where he uh, does not survive, where, where he gets killed. And, you know, that I think that, that was deemed like a little, uh, a little depressing <laughs> and not in the spirit of this movie that ultimately was supposed to be, you know, a more empowering. Now I'm trying to think of if this movie had ended where he let's say he was killed but also uh the armitage family was uh arrested they were they were caught somehow like that would feel so lame you you couldn't feel you couldn't exit that theater with any strong emotion any emotion that you would want to feel uh leaving a theater so i think yeah i think uh eric brought this up first that just making a choice and the ending was necessary and, and playing both sides just leaves you so uh, uncomfortable and, and makes you uh, question everything that, that leads up to it.
0: Yeah. I, I I think that we could talk about this ending for a long time. Um, We're getting to the point where we should wrap up. Um, But yeah, I, I, I just think there is, an inherent issue with way the film decided it had to end things. And I don't know if there's a clear answer. Um, I'm not trying to say the film should have made one choice over the other, but it should have made a choice. I feel as though I can't say which choice would have been better. Do I think that seeing a woman be suffocated and then the men getting away with it would be empowering to women? I, you know, I guess I can't speak on that as uh, someone who's not a woman. Um, do I think the movie would have been more empowering to women if she was successful and ruining this guy's life, maybe releasing the video, ruining that guy's marriage, and then she gets to kind of move on with her life? I think that would have been more empowering and maybe it would have been too cheesy and too, uh, you know, too, like, I don't know. But maybe, like, d- d- would that have been that bad of an ending? Like... It's the... It's the
1: um. You know what this is? Like I talked about earlier about how this movie is like intentionally unsatisfying her just giving these people a warning. Like the ending is, is like letting the, letting everyone off with the warning version of the, of the ending. (laughs) And I, I liked it in the early parts of the movie, but it doesn't, it's a weird, it's just a weird, it's just a weird way to end the movie.
0: Let me ask before we give our ratings. You don't have to answer the question if you don't really have haven't thought about this. How would you have ended the movie? How would you have done it differently? Do you just think? I mean, you can even just say simply is like committing a choice. But do you think like do you think uh, there would there be a preference? Would you have changed it completely? Like, what would you have done differently? Uh, picked either the options or
1: pick the like almost even the opposite of the option that they chose here, like sort of a version where um some version like you could either choose to have either of the options here that we said that this movie didn't take or you could have the complete flip side of this where the uh, where al brown and co all get that what's coming for them that night but the ending of the movie is some sort of realization that um even though she's gotten her sort of personal revenge like misogyny is still widespread and oppressive even that would have been a more satisfying ending that would have worked better with sort of like playing both sides than this one. I, I, I almost think this is like, just like the worst
0: choice.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think the, the overall big uh, point is to make a choice, uh, make a choice. If I was doing it myself, I think there's no way that uh, Cassandra would die in my version. Mm-hmm um but i think the the most important thing is to make a choice. Yeah.
1: Would um, you have liked to see audition happen at the end of this movie?
0: For you Eric, absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's get into final reviews. Um I'll just start. I actually wanted to say one more thing and it kind of goes into my final review and that is I do uh the more i think about this film, there are um i i besides the suffocating scene which i believe is i'm just gonna say irresponsible that's the only word i'm gonna use i just don't really enjoy a film that is supposed to be empowering towards a specific group giving such a horrific realistic uh murder scene um you know, it's not the most horrific thing I've ever seen, but it's 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 damn near horrifying when you're sitting there watching it and watching this woman suffocate to death. When what was, feels like six minutes of just her dying, um, not to mention, uh, I think it was a very very poor choice. I understand it. You know, maybe that's part of the film is you know not you know these aren't always smart choices. Um, I had I had someone say that it it actually seems very it's very very abusive to have Cassandra uh, set up the woman, um, the other woman to believe that she was raped and leave her like that for months. Um, I I think, again, if you're trying to empower woman, I, I, I think leaving it so that this woman who, again, now this woman was not a great person. She let, she didn't care that this, that, you know, Nina had gotten raped, but, I don't know if that is the route that you wanna take by showing that it's some way acceptable to make someone believe they had been raped. I, again, I just don't agree with the choice. And I know uh, from several people I have talked to, and I'm not gonna say the person I talked to speaks for all women, but I will say that they thought it was very uh, inappropriate. That being said, the film had its moments, um, had its moments that fell a little bit flat um the dialogue didn't really do it for me i have to say i really respect and enjoyed carrie mulligan's performance it was probably the biggest upside of the film bo burnham did a great job i don't know why another film hadn't really cast him as that role because he and holy crap caleb i think i found someone that's taller than you i believe he's six foot five um so he is uh, a
2: real tragic ending of this
0: (laughs) yeah um Did a great job for what it was. Um, Again, I think there was not much room in terms of the writing and dialogue, but overall, um, I I still, I saw it and I wasn't completely disappointed. So I will be giving Promising Young Woman two and a half stars.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not going to try to get into everything again, but I I don't think this movie is entirely successful, but I like that it's, Bold, and I like that it's trying things with genre, with um, yeah, it's, uh, ma- mainly with genre, but also with the aesthetic as well as some of its ideas. Um, yeah, I agree. Two and a half stars.
2: Uh, the last thing I'll I'll say about the ending is that I think it, uh, another big problem is that they take or Cassandra's death is played very lightly. Uh, because the ending, it really plays out kind of like a gotcha moment uh, where it's like, yeah, you know, surprise, uh, I, uh, I had the upper hand all along. Because there's that, but because there can't be that without her death, I think that really undermines uh, her existence. Uh, I think be, like, her death is used as a tool to, for the ending to say, gotcha. And I don't know, like this is a a person's life that is on the line, that is, that is taken. Um, and if it, it feels like the purpose is, is so, you know, there can be like a, a little plot twist. And I feel like that it just completely devalues her life, you know, in favor of this, of this surprise ending, which is also bad to add insult to injury. Uh, Otherwise, this is something we we didn't talk about uh, much is the tape that shows up halfway, two thirds through the movie, like tape ex machina, that somehow there's this tape of the incident, first of all. Um, Second of all, that Cassandra somehow did not know about in like the seven years between when the incident happened and present day, and that is delivered to her by someone she hasn't talked to in seven years before their their meetup, just in time for uh, her to use it to uh, blackmail Ryan so she can get to Al's bachelor party so she can execute this plan so there can be a terrible ending uh it's that that is a whole nother level of (laughs) that uh i just can't uh, accept without without hesitation um yeah and finally uh, like i mentioned before i thought the writing was very weak here um I guess structurally it was okay until the ending but but the specific moments the dialogue I thought was really poor I thought the dialogue only, the only dialogue that really worked was uh Bo Burnham's dialogue and because I know who Burnham is and because his dialogue was so I mean, kind of cutesy and different than everybody else Uh, and everybody else's dialogue. It almost felt to me like he wrote his own dialogue because it felt so in line with who he was and so different than the rest of the movie, Uh, regardless of of who actually came up with it or if it was a team effort. I think that's the only uh, writing that really worked for me. And and otherwise it was uh, a big miscalculation,
0: two stars. All right. Well, wow. Episode one might be a little bit long, but uh, you know what? We are uh, one of many to go. Uh, We started off with two very interesting movies uh, in 2021. This might be a big year, boys. Uh, You know, uh, might be a big year. Maybe maybe in a few months down the line, six months, eight months, 10 months. Maybe we'll be actually sitting in a movie theater together. Hopefully by the end of 2021, we will be together again, sitting in that movie theater, watching a podcast movie. Um, but either way... Ollie? It, watching it, Liz it, <laughs> Faraz,
1: Annette, Umbrellas of Cherbourg-style musical starring Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard.
0: <laughs> 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 watching, uh, watching Dune, you mean? Um, watching many other movies that are... Well, I guess we'll see if they come out or not, but... Uh, Yeah. Thank you guys for, uh, for joining us and we will see you next time.